Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. So welcome to all of our friends around the country that tune in on Hope FM, Truth FM, some LP FM stations, and of course online. Uh, just reading a card here. Um, thankful for Grace FM. Such a blessing to be able to listen and stay connected. Uh, since I moved from Aurora about a year and a half ago, uh, the constantly godly connection is so important. So my prayer is that Grace FM Radio can expand to all of Southern Colorado as it's so desperately needed. I was blessed to be a part of the Calvary Church family for 10 years, still looking for that home church feel, and we get cards and letters like that all the time, and if you would just go to our website or use the app, gracefm.com, gracefm.com, and contact us, we would love to hear how God's using the radio station, how God's using uh, Calvary Live. And from our website and our app, you can also donate. Uh, we have streamlined, uh, signed on with a new service, so the giving portal is a million, thousand, million times easier uh, than ever before. And you can set up one-time gifts, uh, recurring gifts. And of course, uh, I always want to remind you, if you're listening to Calvary Live on a local radio station, please support the local station. Um, uh, but primarily, since we're in Colorado and we're on Grace FM here, uh, where Calvary Live originates, I always want to encourage you guys uh, to a couple things. You know, a couple things you can, well, really three things you can do right away that will greatly benefit the station. One is praying for us and the, the warfare. You know, the Bible says that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. And my conclusion on that has been that he thinks he owns the airwaves and technology being invented uh, when radio waves were invented or discovered, the, the proclamation of the gospel over the radio waves is an affront to the devil himself. And of course, radio, television, cable, satellite, uh, the internet, uh, they're all in a front. And radio is such a powerful medium, even to this day. And so there's warfare. And so pray for us. Pray for the leadership. Pray for the most of the uh, stations you hear Calvary Live on are church-owned stations. So a church, uh, imagine, imagine that. A church has the privilege of owning a station. And so pray. Number two, give. Uh, of course, you guys hear Grace FM. Go to gracefm.com and give, and that helps to support the ongoing work. And then finally, tell someone. 
about the station. You can do that with stickers. Uh, you can uh, talk to your le leadership at your local church and invite uh, the Grace FM van to come out with free gear if you have a big event. Invite people out. Invite the Grace FM van out. Oh, excuse me, now I have the hiccups. And you know we can't do every, we can't say yes to everyone, but we can say yes on occasion. So we'd love to have the love to come out and give you stuff. So pray, give, tell those three things. Get the word out. We're not a corporation, so we don't have resources, and we're a brand new station. We're only seven years old, so we don't have the long-standing relationships around town either. Or, you know, like a K-Love is so popular, but they, they pour millions of dollars into advertising. Um, we don't see millions of dollars through Grace FM, so we don't have it to pour. Uh, so check that out. 303-690-3000 is the number. That's the way the show works. We take your calls and your questions, and we open the Bible together. And there is a lot to learn, a lot to grow in. And while we're waiting for the phone lines to light up, I recently finished an article. Uh, I was interviewed for, you know, we're a part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches. And I was interviewed by Calvary Chapel magazine. Uh, it was a challenging interview in the sense that they wanted to talk about grief and the loss of our son, Eddie. And, uh, you know, some of the backstory behind it all. And uh, although we... Um, I say yes to those interviews. I blog on it at edtaylor.org. It's still difficult because of the drama all in the back end of, you know, it's not, a, it, you know, some of you, you have grief and then you have all the things behind the grief, you know, the injustice and the difficulty. I, I can't help but think and get in the picture in my mind here in Aurora not too long ago, the parents and the loved ones of those that were lost in the Aurora theater shooting and not only were they dealing with grief, but they were dealing with the injustice of the criminal act. They were dealing with the, in, the, the difficulty surrounding the grief. They were dealing with the sudden loss. They were dealing with the social media uproar, the judgmentalism. And, and I have to say that most of the relationships that I have seen over the years uh, in grief, there, there is a backstory, and, and even with our son, there's a significant backstory as it continues to re be revealed. It's, uh, it's you know, uh, it's not it's not a good one. It's very ugly and very difficult uh, and uh, unresolved, and you just live with that unresolved pain, uh, and then you live with the unresolved grief, and then you you but the end result is. Your faith is built up, and you have a laser focus on God's call upon your life, and you walk forth in obedience, uh, and your obedience gets steeled, you know, kind of like Jesus when he said that he was, his face was like flint on his way to Jerusalem, like nothing would deter him, and, and so we, we miss our boy, and we wish uh, the dramas, broken relationships, betrayals, um, you know, everyone with grief has a backstory. Just remember that. Uh, let me give you a recommendation. If you're ministering to someone that's grieving, um, I've, I've, uh, there's quite a few recommendations. So I would say if, if this is, if you want a list of books uh, that will help you, just email me. 
uh, Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org. I'll send you a list of book recommendations, but I uh, just picked up a copy of, uh, what is the name of it? I want to make sure it's not the, uh, maybe I didn't add it yet. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot just came out with a book, uh, and it's very amazing. It's, It's actually a book of a set of teachings she shared years ago. Let me... I'm going to look it up while I'm talking, and we're still waiting for the phone lines, guys, so I see some calls coming in, uh, so fill up those phone lines, and we'll get to the phone calls in a moment. Uh, The book is Suffering is Never for Nothing. Suffering is Never for Nothing. It's going to be a pick of the month here soon for us as a church. Uh, I just picked it up. I've actually heard the studies uh, before, um, but I just picked up the book. I, I... I can remember more by reading than listening. And so I would encourage you to pick up the book. If you're grieving or suffering of any sort, pick up the book, Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. And some of you know Elizabeth Elliot's story. Um, She is no stranger to suffering. Her first husband, Jim, was murdered by the Waroni people in Ecuador moments after he arrived in hopes of sharing the gospel. And then her second husband died to cancer. And yet, as it says on the cover, it was in her deepest suffering that she learned the deepest lessons about God. So suffering is never for nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. And uh, you can, like I said, you can email me. I have these uh, links already uh, ready for you to just click to Amazon if that's how you get books. But I mean, even just to click it and get the information and buy it, um, you know, there's not many Christian bookstores around anymore. Uh, we're looking forward to reopening ours. We got a lot of construction going on, remodeling downstairs, and and we had to we had to close our bookstore. We we went we're going back to our original vision uh, in the bookstore, and that is to 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 curate a very specific set of books. And we're not going to have a lot of uh, jewelry, and we're going to have uh, Calvary gear, so you can tell get the word out about our church uh, church family, and then we're going to have. Um, specific books. So pretty exciting stuff. 303-690-3000. We're going to go right to Maryland. Maryland, uh, Ruth is in Annapolis. Ruth, welcome to the program. Hey, Ruth, are you with us? Line two. All right. We might have missed Ruth. Hello. Hi, Ruth. You're on the air. Hi. Sorry. Um, I have a question. Um, When the prophets wrote down uh, prophecies, uh, you know, the, the prophecies that were given to them, uh, dreams, yes. so on and so forth, um, that were written uh, in, in and became the Bible. Why is that different, or how is that different, than people who may have prophecies in dreams and um, psychic abilities and such yeah. nowadays? Well, I'm Let's let's separate just for a second before I answer the question. The let's separate psychic abilities outside of the discussion because uh, I don't believe the Bible well, teaches psychic, on psychic is abilities. Prophecy to me, I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, if we something that it's you okay. Feel I just want to clarify to that in that way. Yeah, let me set that aside for a second and let's talk about it from the Bible. For a true born again believer. The Bible declares that the Spirit of God literally dwells in us. And so we now, 
when we do anything good, we're cooperating with the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And right. another thing that happens, uh, another th- uh, your original question, what makes them different? Let's start. So let's start there for a second. Let me go back to what makes the prophets of the Bible different than those that might exercise prophecy today. Number one, the office of the prophet, as we see it in the Bible, is no longer existent. Uh, God has closed the uh, office. The, can you guess? Are you familiar with the Bible? Are you very familiar with the Bible? No, not not familiar enough to know what it is, where you're going with this, that the office okay. is closed. It's, so God has closed off that ability uh, he nowadays? Clo- is that what you mean? Well, let, yeah, let's walk through it for a second. So the there's a there's a fascinating uh, passage in the Bible in Hebrews chapter one that kind of puts into context what I mean by the office closed. Because uh, let's take let's take the prophet Elijah for a moment. Uh, there is no one on the earth today like Elijah. No one speaking the absolute words of God. Neither is there anyone speaking the absolute words of God in writing new writing new sections of the Bible. The Bible has been delivered in its entirety, and God has reserved for us exactly what He wants us to know in order to be in a right relationship with Him. So here's listen to what Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says. It says, Long ago God spoke many times and many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. But now, in these final days, He's spoken to us through His Son, and God has promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He made the universe and everything in it. And so in these last days, God is speaking to us in the final word. Remember, in another place in the Bible, it says that Jesus Christ, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. And so the final word has come in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, when I say the office, the last prophet, the last prophet in, the, in that particular office is John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist comes as the beginning of the New Testament, and he has one purpose. Do you remember what his purpose was? Uh, no. His purpose was to tell people Messiah is come, has come. Okay. And he pointed okay. to Jesus Christ. He said, that's the one. He baptized him, and then he drops off off the scene because that role is no longer needed because Jesus came. So, okay. so let's, that's answer part one. Now, here's part two. Well, what about those that either claim to be prophets today or exercise the spiritual gift of prophecy? Because there is a spiritual gift of prophecy that we read about in Hebrews chapter, or excuse me, in Romans chapter twelve. Okay. And, and here's the difference from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, a prophet almost always was sent by God to predict the future, and we we call that foretelling. You know, when you foretell something, they were warning the nation. Basically, by the time a prophet came on the scene, uh, it was because the children, the people of God refused to listen to the priest and the elders, and so God sent a, a prophet to declare right. okay. his will to them. Now, now that Jesus has come, his will is fully seen in Jesus Christ. And now what he does through the church is someone can exercise this gift, this spiritual gift of prophecy but it's different. Now the person that has the spiritual gift of prophecy doesn't foretell, he forth, and that's F-O-R-T-H, 
tells the Bible. He, for, he speaks on behalf of God as it relates to the Scriptures. He's able to make the Bible come alive for a particular situation, uh, particular... Like, for example, let me tell you, I had a visitor uh, last night at the church. I never met him before. He was a radio listener. He came with some friends. We had a special night last night. And he came up, and, and he was a little timid, uh, introduced himself. His name was Zach. He might even be listening right now. And he was sharing with me a little bit of his story, appreciation of the... And then he says, you know what, Pastor, I just think I need to pray for you. And I said, well, do it. And he lays his hand on me and very timidly begins to pray for me. And then he begins to pray this... In his prayer, he specifically says, you know, I just, I just believe that there's a question mark in your life right now and that God is going to answer it for you. And, and he was right. How, how could he even know okay. that? He had no idea. God was speaking okay. to him to encourage me. Okay. And he wasn't giving me new new Bible. He wasn't giving me something outside of. As a matter of fact, he was praying praying over me to take that question mark to God. But I, he was spot okay. on, and and I believe that that last evening he was exercising a prophetic gift. He was speaking prophetic words into my life as he was praying. It was pretty powerful. I was encouraged, man. I was like, wow, that the whole right. body of Christ would act, would operate in their gifts. It was neat. Right. Okay, so the the Bible um, uh, that, that says, you know, that it has to be, uh, it, it has to be a fourth, a fourth telling, meaning, yes. I'm still confused on that. Um had that been uh, okay? So he gave. He said that there was going to be that you had a question, and that yes. God was going to answer it for you. Yes. Okay. So anything that has to do with God being um, coming forth, as far as a someone with uh, 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 psychic ability to be able to feel that, to tell you that, that's okay because they're saying it's from God. I, well, there's so a confused. there's a couple of things. First of all, he didn't operate. Let me let me let's be clear, especially with the with the the reality of what the the definition of that word. He wasn't operating in some psychic power. Um, I believe what you see as psychic power today and the tarot card readers and uh, those types of things. No, well, we're actually, not talking that. I'm talking about someone with, who does have a gift. But it's not a psychic gift. That's not a biblical gift. So I, I just want to be clear for everyone listening in that that is not a biblical gift. About tarot cards and, you know, the neon so, sign uh, corner yeah, lady I mean, there who, whatever, is charging people for future telling. I'm yeah, asking I'm more, you I'm more comfortable with has... I'm more comfortable with the biblical phrase, spiritual gift. Ms. Uh, Zach, uh, he yeah, had Zach. Uh, what I would, uh, you know, I'm putting a blanket uh, term to it to say he had psychic ability because he you did not have psychic said, ability. He said to you, he did not have psychic ability, and that that's completely different from a biblical construct of what we're speaking to. I I do think that you're probably using this word in a way that might reflect the bible but after a couple of times you're you're not you're not going with me i'm not what he exercises not a psychic ability 
and it, maybe it's a semantic thing, but let's be let's be careful to be biblical in in our discussion. And so, Ruth, thanks for calling. Um, I appreciate you calling from Maryland. May the Lord bless you guys out there, and hopefully, the answer will be helpful for those of you listening. Uh, we did a series of Bible studies on spiritual gifts and the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's on our app. So go to your app store. Uh, you know, we have it on Roku, Apple TV, any Amazon device, any basically any uh, any device where you have an app store. Um, all, of course, all the Apple stuff. And uh, search Calvary Church, or you can search uh, Ed Taylor, um, Ed Calvary, Ed Taylor, anything like that and uh, Calvary Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A, and our app is there, and right on the homepage, Spiritual Gifts is a list, and I encourage you to listen to those Bible studies uh, on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I know that the Lord will bless you and encourage you. Uh, we don't really deal with the question that um, Ruth brought up as far as the office of the prophet, but we answer that right now, so that can be the launching pad into uh, the the need for for us to yield to the Holy Spirit and exercise, to first of all, to know your gifting and then to operate in that gifting. Uh, but no one today operates in the place of speaking for God anything outside of the Scriptures. So the thing with Zach was that he took us, as he was praying over that particular sensing that he had, he also prayed a Scripture, and I forget which one it was now. I didn't, I, I was just being encouraged in the moment, but... Uh, just kind of like encouraged that the Lord uh, reminded me and sent some guy to me um, last night. I thought that was just so cool. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, line one is Matt in Denver, Colorado. Matt, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Pastor Ed. It's, uh, You're welcome. It's a pleasure It's a pleasure to be back on the phone with you. I called last week um, and we oh, went right through on. some... Um, my, I do have a question, but I wanted to start and say that um, I think it's fantastic that Grace FM is going to battle with the devil on the airwaves, and um, I'll take you up on the three different things needed to Thank you. Uh, try and help there. Um, uh, looking forward to donating. The, um, the question that I have, again, I'm very fascinated with the Old versus New Testament, at this current stage, and um, and I have a theory that I wanted to bounce off of you. Um, okay, let's go for it. So, the Old Testament has a almost vindictive backdrop to it. It, it almost feels um, rough, very uh, um, very um, uh, aggressive, and I realize that it's accelerated over a very long timeline. In contrast, the New Testament um, is 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 um, just a whole different whole different flavor, so to speak. And and one of the recurring themes that I seem to come across while going through the Bible and studying it uh, relates to um, uh, you know our number one commandment, which is um, related to how jealous our God is and keeping Him first and foremost, uh, most important. Right, like I just see so many signs of the wrath of God being directly translated to um, not not uh, loving Him with all 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 your heart. If that makes sense. Yes. 
Um, so is that is that theory spot on? Or are there other variables that kind of make uh, the Old Testament what it is? Why is there such a large contrast when when going back and forth between them? Well, it's some good. It's a really good observation that you make of some distinctions between what we call the Old and the New Testaments, and and there are there are some variables that help to understand. I think that the first major contrast between what's known as the Old Testament and the New Testament is the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. You know, the Old Covenant was a performance-based covenant that required animal sacrifice, uh, both tithes and offerings, animal sacrifice, to atone for the sins of the people yearly. Uh, and it was required yearly. Uh, and by the time by the time you come to the New Testament, um, that that part of the wrath of God was satisfied. Uh, it was satisfied on the cross of Jesus Christ. So the second thing I think you, you see differently is the formation of a nation, um, the formation of a nation that a lot of the construct of the Old Testament is actually within time of war. Uh, there are... There are battles to be won. There are fights that the nation of Israel on. There are enemies of God that are um, defeated uh, because they are, are unwilling to yield to the um, to the teachings that God has given through the children of Israel. They're unwilling to yield. They're, it's not that they're not worshipers. They are. They're just false worshipers. I was just thinking recently of you know how they worship Molech. Uh, and how they offered their children, you know, offered their children, burned them in the fire. I mean, that's a reference to offering live human sacrifice. That was the that was the people that lived in the land. And and so the the backdrop of the old covenant is God establishing His relationship with man. And the whole point of the old covenant and the whole point of the Old Testament is to point to the New Testament, so that. With all of the difficulties that are, everything that's emphasized in, or at least what we read in the Old Testament, death, war, fighting, judgment, rebellion, resistance, is also in the New Testament. But it, what, what we find in the New Testament is the full satisfaction of the judgment and wrath of God on the cross of Jesus Christ. So if you looked at it this way, Every time there's a battle and someone's life is lost, in the New Testament, that's the cross. Every time there's a war fought and people rebel against God, in the New Testament, that's the cross. Um, anytime, and, and one thing that's lost, I think, in the narrative of the Old Testament, one thing that's lost is the amazing grace of God. Like the Old Testament is filled with the grace of God. For example... Um, why why is it need needful for God to allow anyone to live? Why why would God do that? Like they're rebellious against him. Why would he let generations rebel against him? And the answer to that is the grace of God. He's not willing that any should perish. And so in some cases within the narrative of the Old Testament, you're looking at 400 years of God's patience with them before judgment finally came. And so uh, I'm going to put you on hold uh, because we're coming up on the break, and I want your follow-up so we can dialogue a little bit about this, because it's a fascinating question. Um, can you hang on, Matt? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, we're coming up on the one and only break on the show today, so welcome uh, again to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. 
uh, pastoring here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, taking your calls and your questions. This is Calvary Live. It originates here uh, from the studios of Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado, but it's aired all around the country, Hope FM, Truth FM. I know we're in, on in California. I know we're streaming uh, worldwide on the Grace FM app and on our website. So hang on. We'll be right back with the second half of today's program. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000 is the number, uh, taking your calls uh, and your questions, I want to remind you that Grace FM is a listener-supported station. And uh, as I mentioned on the first half of the program, there are three things you can do to support local Christian radio. Uh, unlike, you know, K-Love or other um, corporations that own radio stations, Grace FM, Hope FM, Truth FM, and many other stations are locally supported and have a very difficult time staying on the air. Uh, and I'm not saying that for Grace FM, uh, but I'm thinking of some of my friends that have LP, uh, low-power FM stations that cover a wide range of the city. Um, and, you know, for us, we're looking at, you know, we're still church-run. So uh, when I mention support, that just goes to support the expansion of radio. As I had a card here in my hand today, a sister down in Pueblo that wants us to come to Pueblo and Canyon City. I have a pastor that calls me from Canyon City about every four weeks asking if there's any progress on a new station down there. So there's three things you can do for local Christian radio. Pray, give, and tell. And praying because it's a battle, spiritual warfare. Give because uh, the world that we live in requires money to pay the bills. And our electricity bill alone for the radio station is just unbelievable because you know when you hear 80,000 watts, which I think Grace FM is somewhere in that realm, uh, 80,000 watts, that's electricity. Now, we don't broadcast at 80,000 watts, but we do broadcast at quite a bit wattage. And it puts the rate, just the electricity bill alone in the thousands of dollars a month. And so, you know, every little bit counts. Uh, just like we're collecting in our church right now, change. Uh, it's our emphasis of March for Missions, and we're collecting change, and every little bit counts. It doesn't matter if you bring in a thing of pennies in. It doesn't matter. Um, if Whatever you bring in collectively as a church you know, we're expecting to raise about $12,000. Uh, and the purpose of $12,000 is to put on a free pastor-leader-servant conference in the Philippines in a couple months. And, you know, you think, man, uh, can my quarters really make a difference? We'll bring them in. They'll make a difference. Uh, and so we're, we're collecting uh, change. And I got my change. Every, I'm just watching uh, the Lord provide for this conference in a wonderful way. And so same with radio. So, you know, Grace FM, go to gracefm.com. 
If you're listening on Hope FM, you're listening on Truth FM, support local radio, please. And we have a different format than Caleb. We don't have praise-a-thons. We don't have that. Instead, we rely upon the faithful gifts of those that listen and those that support local churches uh, that you can just get on. Because, you know, Grace FM benefits our city because good Bible teaching, people get saved, they start going to church, and it benefits the entire region. And so for us, Grace FM reaches up from, you know, Wyoming, Nebraska, all the way down the Front Range, south of Castle Rock, down into Colorado Springs. Uh, Our station's not so strong in Colorado Springs, so we want another one, but uh, it benefits our city, and that's our our blessing uh, to do. So. I'm going to get back to this question because Matt asked a great question. So welcome back, back, Matt. I gave a little bit of an explanation of some some variables. Do you have any follow up thoughts on that? No, I think um, I think that those uh, those answers were excellent. I had time of war. Um, you know uh, that that's a big difference. Um, that sacrifices were a lot different versus. Um, you know, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us yes. and the grace of God in the main differences. Um, that, that provides a lot of great context, um, and uh, I do appreciate it. Another thing to consider, here's a couple of other things to consider. One is the Bible progresses from left to right uh, in what's known as progressive revelation. So that the more you get into the new covenant, uh, you know, the more from Adam and Eve in Genesis to the end of Revelation, God progressively reveals himself to us from beginning to end. And so when you think of reading the Old Testament, oh, the children of Israel went to war uh, and they wiped out a group of people because they failed to surrender to God, not to Israel, but to God. Well, where's that in the New Testament? The cross. Think of, think of every lost life in the Old Testament Think that in terms of Jesus Christ taking that upon himself in the New Testament. And so the bloodiness of the Old Testament is equally bloody in the New Testament. It's just culminating. It ends. That's the once-for-all sacrifice. That's why there's no more sacrifice. That's why there's no more bloody handprints on the goats and the bulls. That's why the, the temple is no longer standing, because the temple, although it will be rebuilt... It'll be rebuilt for a different function. And so think of Jesus Christ, the fullness of what the promises of God are. Anytime there was a bloody battle in the Old Testament, it was the blood is at the cross now. And progressively everything is is bringing us to the cross. And then once we're at the cross, our now hope and expectation is the return of Jesus Christ. The pinnacle. The pinnacle. You bet. The pinnacle of the Bible is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and um, and and, and um, you know his sacrifice is just astounding, and and it's great to get your perspective. I really appreciate you taking my call. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, Matt. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand, and you know I've been reading a lot about. Um, Injustice, unfairness, suffering, pain. Um, you know, that the longer, you know, some people experience pain much younger, of course, uh, but the, 
the fact that things aren't right, they're not with the way they should be, the problem of pain, the problem of injustice, the problem of unfairness, and we are so quick, uh, and not necessarily in a bad way, uh, but we're so quick to identify, this isn't fair, God. This isn't right, God. What they're doing is wrong, and they and then they say they're believers, and yet they're caught with their they're caught in the act, and there's no repentance. I mean, literally caught in the act of their sinful ways, but there's no repentance. There's no acknowledgement, or you know what we see in our culture today. There's no shame, and you go, man, Lord, that's just wrong. And and the and, and although God gives us room to to express ourselves to him, we still have to come back to, wait a minute, the real injustice, the the real unfairness, the real difficulty in life is not ours, as real as it is, as much as it, as it is the cross. Uh, an act of great injustice was turned around for our good. An act of great unfairness was turned around for our good. I mean, if there's ever a, an example of unfairness, it's going to be at the cross. And yet, at the cross, God solidified our relationship with him. But it was a dastardly deed. Sinful to the core. Betrayal and wickedness. And so the cross gives us the perspective that we need. All right, we're going to move up to Debbie in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Debbie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Talk about um, violence and, you know, at the cross, and yes, it was the most violent ever. Um, but I do have a prayer request okay. for an end to abortion in our nation and around okay. the world. Yes. Because um, those precious little babies are made in the image of God. And my understanding is that murder is a direct assault against God. It is. Okay. So anyway, and, it and is. of course... And, you know, let's talk about that for a second, you know, because the reality of pro-life starts in the womb, and, right. and our culture has these end caps here. See, our, what our culture has done has shifted the discussion to not be God-centric. And that, that makes sense because our culture is not God-centric. But, the, but life now is couched with terms like value. Uh, what's the value of life? And w- how much life do they have to live? And, and besides the, the atrocious just abortion on demand, I think that whether it's uh, at the end of life we value life, you know, what do you mean? What's the value yeah. of life? God values life. Um, whether it's a, a young man in a coma and he says, well, you know, the quality of his life won't be uh, what it was. Of course it won't be, but it's life. We're emphasizing the wrong thing. Life right. is in the womb. Mm-hmm. Life is in the hospital bed. Life is in the, is in the convalescent home or even in the home. And we need to value life at every stage, at every age. Right. And... Um, um, with the technology now, there, you know, I mean, in the uh, beginning stages of life, of course, it begins at conception, but the heart yes. is before three weeks of age, the heart is, yes. you know, forming, and that's 
by four weeks, it's beating. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a gift from God, and um, I just am horrified by the, um, of course, you know, our culture, I, I like you too. say, has changed, and um, it is. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Planned Parenthood for a second for the folks listening in, because I see some of the billboards now uh, making Planned Parenthood out to be this uh, bastion of medical care, uh, women's medical care. Um, but they provide no mammograms at Planned Parenthood. They provide less than 2% of U.S. cancer screenings. They provide less than 1% of women's pap smears. They provide less than 2% of breast exams, but they provide over 33% of all U.S. abortions. And the latest right. numbers, I'm, I'm quoting Lila Rose. Um, I think she uh, heads up. Let me just make sure I get here. She's the president of Live Action um, uh, Network, Valuing Life. And I'm reading a post that she had on Twitter today that caught my eye. Um, okay. They, they are the leading provider of abortions in the United States. And that, that equates to 900 abortions a day. Mm-hmm. It's... And 900 abortions a day goes to 20, um, speaks to, uh, let me just do the math here, Three, 37 abortions an hour. Oh, my. And okay. It's just atrocious. Yeah, I figured that out to that, you know, um, degree. But generally speaking, there's, what, 61 million babies in the United States that, you know, have their life ended. And there are babies that have survived abortions. Yes. And have lived to tell about it. There are um, leaders, and this was one of the other things I wanted to pray for, was um, the unplanned movie that's opening tomorrow. Yes. Are you familiar with it? Um, it's I am a, familiar with it's it. It's a true story of a former Planned Parenthood leader, Abby Johnson, and her eye-opening journey across the lifeline. She um, is... God has given her a new heart. <laughs> anyway, yes. but... Um, I just, yeah, they, what has happened, my understanding is um, we're kind of like in a neo-Marxist culture now where they have redefined the terms or given them, you know, a different vocabulary um, and if, in, you know, language. And if you can change the language, you can change people's minds because our nation is becoming more secular and, well, um, I mean, let's just say that let's let's say that even though um, the reality of neo-Marxists or any of the different types of um, theo- um, philosophies and geopolitical theories, we're in a godless nation. We're in a godless world, right. and we have been from yeah. the fall of Adam and Eve. And there's always been a remnant. Uh, there's always been a small group of people out of the masses. That's what's unfolded in the scriptures. It's a small group of people among the masses. Um, it's always been that way. It will always be that way. And with a voice like yours and a voice like mine, we need to continue to point people to a place of being born again, because a born again person uh, will not get an abortion. And a born again person will help out. We just had last night 
uh, in our church uh, an evening. We, you know, we we are a we're a Bible teaching church, and that's what we do. We teach verse by verse, but we're beginning to um, supplement our Bible teaching with testimonies uh, because that's a good thing. And last night we did a an interview with our worship pastor and his wife uh, who adopted. Okay. And we we allowed that that narrative. Um, uh, from a biblical perspective, of course, you know, according to James chapter 1, the Bible says that pure religion, pure and undefiled religion is this, caring for orphans and widows, and, and right. the foster care system and the adoption, and adoption in general, speaks to children that uh, have no family. And, you know, this is an epidemic around the world. Um, the United States is not the only guilty nation. Right, that's, yeah, that, well, and you talk about Planned Parenthood, they are worldwide as well, and yeah. so anyway. And, I, and it, but, it touches me. It touches me personally, and I'm going to let you pray because I, I really appreciate you calling. But it, it touches me personally in a couple different levels. Number one, I was adopted. Uh, oh, and okay. My my birth year was prior to legalized abortion, so I'm grateful that that's the timing that God had for me because I'm sure it was a an option in a very difficult way, but. Uh, my biological mother and and the guy in her life put me up for adoption, and I was adopted as a baby, you know, like six weeks or something like that. And um, right. and here I get to do what I'm doing. So number one, that's cool. But you know, my son, my first son, uh, who ended up passing away six years ago, um, was born to Marie and I as teenage parents, and okay. and I was a horrible, horrible, horrible teenager. Uh, I was very bad, and uh, we needed to get a pregnancy test, but I said I didn't have any money, and what it really was is I had enough money to party, but not to buy my girlfriend a pregnancy test. So what we did was we pulled out the yellow pages, and we found a big advertisement that said free pregnancy test, okay. and I drove my girlfriend down there in, my, in, Manny, in, you know, in Manuel's, I borrowed Manuel's car, uh, drove down there. And what we didn't know is that we were walking into an abortion clinic. Oh, it wasn't okay. Planned Parenthood; it was something else. And so they they offered the test, and they also offered to take care of it. And fortunately, uh, even though we were rank rebellious sinners, dead in our trespasses, we had yeah. enough morality in us to say, "There's no way we're doing that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah. what we're going to do, but we're not doing that." And that was the grace of that, God, and um, you didn't know it, but <laughs> at that time. I mean, and think, and okay. and so the, the the thing with that with him is, is that uh, he was born, and it was because of him. Uh, Marie, after he was born, Marie left me. Uh, she went back to finish high school. Didn't want anything to do with me. But a couple years later, after she had finished school, she's like, she had this thought, and it was because of Eddie. And she had this thought. What? And the thought was this. I, I really think it would be good for my son to have more of his dad in his life, which uh -huh. led her to call me because we hadn't talked and except to drop you know him off back and forth. We really hadn't talked. She wanted nothing to do with me and for good reason. And, and we just never, we didn't have a relationship. So she calls me and we start talking about life and we just talk of catching up and, and, um, and, and, and it was that thought. So, so check this out. While we're talking, I'm, I get a thought and the thought was this. You know what? Marie called me. I still really like her. She's the mother of my child. I don't. I may never talk to her again. I should ask her to marry me, and I did. Oh, wow. Right on the phone. And you know what she said? She said yes. Oh, wow! Well, so that... we get married. 
We get yeah, married and we I, move in. I mean, in. you know, God works in mysterious ways, that's for sure. Well, we're not yeah. done yet. Hold on a minute. We're not done. Oh, we got one more segment. Okay. So, so we move in. We move in together. I, I, I'm getting worse and worse with my drinking and, and worse and worse with being abusive toward her and just I, bad. She She is... Uh, you know, just hanging on, and we needed daycare because my son did. He's he was a sensitive guy, and he didn't like the daycare. And so we're like, oh. okay, let's make a parental decision. And we we had a Marie worked with somebody at work. She said, hey, I just put my kid in a daycare. It's a church, and uh, you know, it's less expensive, and they they do all kinds of activities. So Marie came home and said, what do you think, Ed? And I'm like, wow, um, yeah. I'm not a religious man, but giving my kid religion and daycare at the same time. I'm all in. And that put us into contact with this Assembly of God church near our house. Uh, the kindest people I had met to, to that date. Um, and, and Eddie would come home with little papers. And he I, I remember distinctly one day he came home with his work from school. He looked up at me in his four-year-old eyes, five-year-old eyes, whatever how old he was. And he says, uh, Daddy, do you have Jesus in your heart? Uh, and I thought, this is crazy. Yeah, what how are did the mouth teaching this babe? kid? Yes, and yeah. the pathway of salvation that that led to a buddy of mine coming over, and so you you never know what God's going to do through that baby that's conceived, and and right. uh, you know we have a we have a couple of situations in our church where you know the girls they got into trouble, they made some mistakes, but they chose to keep the baby, and it's been hard, and they've had to endure people's judgment on them, but you know what. God can redeem it, and He will. Right. He will. Well, this, it's not permission to go do it, but He'll redeem it. Uh huh. Right. Well, the um, there's an organization out there. It's Forty Days for Life, and yes. um, they um, it was through this organization that Abby Johnson, in, and that was in Texas where that began. But that Planned Parenthood ended up. You say coming down, <laughs> and now Great. forty days for life is actually in their offices are in that Planned Parenthood <laughs> building. You talk about redemption. That's fantastic. Well, we're almost done, so go ahead and pray for us, would you? Okay, um, you. Heavenly Father, just thinking that we are able to call you Father. Um, mm-hmm. Those you know that you are the creator of our of our lives. You um, have formed us at conception in the womb, and um, we are made in your image. And um, that it, we are also told that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in um, the Psalms. And uh, it, with the technology that we have now, it, is, it, it really begins to <laughs> open up the mind and the heart for um, how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. But, of course, also... Um, that we are not only just bodies, but we are souls. And um, so I pray for an end to abortion in our nation and around the world. And with this movie, Unplanned, that uh, opens tomorrow, um, and it's opening everywhere. It's in many, many towns. It's even in Cheyenne. But um, And it's a true story of a former Planned Parenthood leader, Abby Johnson, and how you opened her eyes and broke mm-hmm. her heart. 
And so I am praying that millions of people will go to the movie across this land and that there will be a move of the Holy Spirit that will break the hearts for the unborn and um, that it will not only be for the pro-death people, but the um, the um, church, the professing Christians that are so indifferent and so apathetic toward all of this, and um, that it will break hearts, and um, that the most innocent and the most helpless who can't speak for themselves, these tiny babies from the moment of conception, which is their, that is like smaller than the dot on an eye. We all began that way. And um, I just pray that um, hearts will be humbled and um, broken and repentant Mm -hmm. and um, that this movie will help to do that. Yes. In Jesus' name, a thousand, thousand thanks, we pray. Uh, Amen. Well, thank Thank you you very much. All righty. Good good talking to you today. You too. Thank you, Pastor. Bye-bye. So we do want to remind you, wherever you're listening, uh, Unplanned is opening in weekends. You know, they even gave it an R-rated rating just to scare people away. Don't be scared. Uh, The truth is the truth. And God has a plan for every baby. Uh, If you're, you know, anytime we talk about abortion, um, it brings back memories and even condemnation for those that may have one. But now you're in Christ, and I just want to speak to you for a moment to say that I know that you would have made a different decision if you knew then what you know now. And God forgives you, and I believe every baby aborted will be met in heaven by their parents that repented. So you have the hope of heaven. Even as you grieve, give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission to surrender that feeling to the Lord and and trust Him. And that's the weirdness of it. Just admit it. Um, it, There is an after-effect. And it's the consequences of sin. Uh, and, and, and then maybe I'm talking to someone right now that's pregnant and you're trying to hide it from people and abortion is one of the options you have on the table and I just say, don't do it. Um, I'm grateful. As I was listening to Pastor Ian and Katie's story uh, last night, you guys need to get it on our app. You will be fascinated. It was a great... The only thing about last night's um, interview that, that we wish we could have done better is have more time because they had so much more to share. Um, I can see Katie starting to blog again, and maybe even Ian as well, just sharing their story. But to look at Andrew and to look at, um, you know, because Andrew also um, uh, was adopted as a baby, and 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 so was Ezra. And to think of the teenage mom, uh, we know for sure with Ezra and just the situation there that she had that baby. Thank God she had that baby. Thank you, Father, um, because I see him, I watch him. I see him cry, and you know, I see him crawling around and owning the place, and see him so curious. I see Andrew growing up into being the young man that you have called him to be, and and life is valuable, and life is valuable in the womb, life is valuable in the hospital room, in a coma, even if the doctors come and try to scare you and tell you the worst case scenario, you choose life. It it life is not what you think the quality is or what you're going to get out of it. Life is life, and it belongs to God. And it belongs to God all the way through to the, 
to those that are older, where now euthanasia is so acceptable, and we don't even talk about it anymore, because now someone's deemed a person not valuable to society. Away with the thought. Um, you, you may have a disease, you may have a disability, you may not have limbs, your eyes might be closed, uh, you're unable to communicate. Or as my friend Steve, he's going through ALS and he's losing the he's losing the function of his body. But that brother is a is a lot is as alive as he ever as ever has been, and he's a testimony to the power of God. And it's causing great strain to his wife and great strain to his children, great strain. But that is also an avenue for God to show His great love and mercy. And so I pray for the Martin family. I pray for you struggling. I pray for those that have made bad decisions. And I pray that through humble repentance, God's grace and forgiveness will flow. Come on out to Calvary Church this weekend, Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, Saturday 6 p.m., Sunday 8.45, 10.45. We're actually in a study in Hebrews, and we're looking at the New Covenant this weekend, the prediction of it in Jeremiah. Um, we've got some great studies coming up in the following weekends, and just go to our website, calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. Go to any app store and search Calvary Church at Taylor or Calvary Church Aurora. Download our free app, turn on the notifications, and we'll stay in touch. Thank you for the privilege of being with you today and sharing a little bit of my story. It's God's story. He gets the glory, and, and we will serve him with all of our hearts. Have a great night in Jesus. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.